Hello and welcome to episode one of On Air Bender, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Uh, my name is Max. And my name is Dale. And you might remember us from such podcasts as <laughs> Low Charisma Party and uh, I think there might have been another one regarding a mixtape of some sort. <laughs> but we're coming back at you with a, with a, mm-hmm. with a focused topic. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, and we're jumping we're on... so focused. So hyper-focused. So focused. This podcast is all about how color blue is represented in the series. Oh, no, no. Too focused. Pull back. <laughs> too, much, too much focus. Too zoomed in. A little too close. There. Welcome to Agrabah. I mean, welcome to the first episode of our podcast, On Air Bender. And we call it an On Air Bender because we're broadcasting over the air, or at least mm-hmm. as close mm-hmm. as you can in this modern day and age. It's a modern radio, really. Modern radio. And I'm on a bit of a bender. <laughs> Holds up glass, drinks. That's just whiskey. (laughs) That's just great radio is what that is. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and, uh, so in this podcast, we will be discussing uh, the show Avatar The Last Airbender. And before we dive right into it, because we just watched the first two episodes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, which... Uh, we were just going to watch the first episode, and then while, Dale, I think while you were watching the first episode, <laughs> I went on Wikipedia, and it was like, oh, the premiere episode was actually an hour long. And so that, to me, made a huge amount of sense, because the first episode, that first half hour, is kind of slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so once I read it that it was... seems to kind of end halfway through. <laughs> right, it just sort of drops <laughs> off a bit. Um, a good, I would say a good midway point, an excellent to be continued moment, but yeah, still. Yeah, cliffhanger, you know. Yeah, a really good cliffhanger, but still, like, when viewed as a whole, both episode one and two, I feel like it's a good, complete, beginning, middle, and end story. So, we watched both of them, and uh, for this episode, we'll discuss them, and it was a little, it's a little strange for us because we're used to doing the commentary format, and... <laughs> So much so that when I said, let's start recording, Dale, you popped open your Amazon window and we're hit, yep. about to hit play. Uh, right on the video, I was queuing up to a, a predefined position. You know, when I first started, I, I was like, had an eye out ready for what position <laughs> we would start the video on. <laughs> I'm like, okay, right after the Nickelodeon thing, right. it should be good. Right. Well, <laughs> that should be the perfect spot. <laughs> and, you know, whatever, maybe, because this is a new podcast. It's it's all within our power. We haven't totally nailed down the format yet. We haven't totally decided if that's the title of the podcast yet. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, so it may be that we will get back into the, it's f- possible. Anything's Who knows? Possible Anything's possible. The world is our oyster. Exactly. The world is our oyster on Avatar The Last Airbender podcast, <laughs> presented by Low Charisma Party. <laughs> um, A production uh, of Low Charisma Party Productions. <laughs> <laughs> A subsidiary of Papaya Cat Productions. Oh, man. <laughs> so good. How, d- how dare you pet my ego like that, that you remember that name. <laughs> How could you forget Papaya Cat? Right? It's super good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. 
Um, for listeners that don't know, and why would you? Uh, Papaya Cat Productions was the production <laughs> company that we briefly used for making movies that we never finished. So <laughs> before we yeah, dive, so why aren't into... you in on our in joke? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I want to explain why. No, that's good. I was just I'm the asshole for putting the in joke out there. No, man, you love Easter eggs. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Get on the Low Christmas Party wiki if you want to find out what that was a reference to. Congratulations. It's now your job to make a wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Completely edited by fans. <laughs> Doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We asked the fans to, to make a wiki, and uh, the result is what you see online. <laughs> Nothing. So before we dive into our, uh, like, uh, getting into these episodes, Dale, what is your, and we've we've mentioned it on the old podcast before, I think a little bit, but what is your experience with and, like, relationship to the Nickelodeon show Avatar The Last Airbender? So I'm uh, an oldie. Yeah? Are you an early adopter? Not uh, in the sense of early adopter, but in the sense of an old person. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> just describing yourself. Yeah, so you're elderly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, when this came out, I was, um, what was it, 2005, yeah? Oh, is that when it was? I believe I read the fucking so. wiki article, but I don't yeah, know. Jeez, <laughs> you're the, you're the no, go-to guy. Oh, here. God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so 2003, I believe it, a little earlier. Oh, 2003. I think I didn't pick it up until around 2005, possibly, because mm. I think the first two books were out. Um, oh, maybe you're right that I think maybe they did a, the pilot in 03 and it didn't get picked up until 05. Yeah. I so mean, you, it's certainly certainly possible, but yeah. uh, I, I You're didn't right, you're right. Up. The Boy in the Iceberg and The Avatar Returns were both February 21st, 2005. Okay. So I picked up even after that, so probably 2006 or 2007. Okay. But the show was airing new episodes when you were started yes. watching it. That's yeah. cool. So there was only like one or two books out, one complete uh, season yeah, when I first started. So, I like your style of referring to them as books. It's so yeah. classy. Well, that's how they refer to them as, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And I like that. I, that's one of the things that I dug about it. Um, and it, it made it feel very... Um, I think very episodic the way that uh, uh, George Lucas wanted to make Star Wars kind of oh, feel episodic, that, yeah. like it was part of a continuum. Mm-hmm. And I think that these guys did that too, and it was really, uh, really pretty cool. Um, it was really cool. I picked it up. I kept trying to rack my brain when exactly uh, I was into. Okay, so in 2005 mm-hmm. is when I first went to SakuraCon in ah. Seattle. Yeah. Uh, and for those who don't know, that's the anime convention in Seattle. Yeah. And so, and I believe that's around the time when I started working at the job where you and I met. Oh, okay. I think. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was kind of getting into anime a little bit then. I mean, I was always kind of like kind of into it, one foot into it, the way Americans are with like Ghost in the Shell and 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 uh, mm-hmm. Akira and, you know, the the usual suspects. The, the, top, the top layer of stuff? Yeah, the My top neighbor layers. Totoro. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get into, like, the La Blue Girl and stuff until <laughs> a bit later. <laughs> don't ever... Kids listening, don't ever get into La Blue Girl. Don't ever get into That ain't no good. 
So, yeah, so, uh, and, and so it was about that same time when I was going to, to SoccerCon when I kind of discovered, you know, and it was uh, pretty popular, of course. Oh, was everybody there. dressed as Aang? So uh, everybody was dressed as Aang, and people awesome. were talking about it, and I was like, what's this? So I checked it out, and mm-hmm. I really dug it. Um, I kind of went into it thinking, well, is this anime or is this a kid's show? Right. Um, and is it going to be a dumb kid's show or a smart kid's show? And so I was watching it, and uh, happily, it's it's a smart anime kid's show. So. Ooh, well put. I was going to yeah. say, listen to the whole podcast series, listeners, and we will, over the course of the whole thing, try to answer that and come to a conclusion by the end. Is this anime or is this a kid's show? But no, Dale answered it in the first 10 minutes. Spoiler. <laughs> the first episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I was struck by that. Um, so I have watched the series through one time. I remember the first time I heard about it was when I was listening to <clears throat> excuse me, listening to an episode of the podcast, the Slash Filmcast, uh, that I'm an a avid listener of. And I was on the bus heading... Uh, into work at the place we met and uh, hearing, I want to say their guest was C. Robert Cargill, who kind of got his start in uh, Ain't It Cool News. He's since gone on to write uh, the Doctor Strange movie. So he's sort of in like the nerd uh, cinema world. And he, uh, they always do on the Slash Filmcast what we've been watching, where they start out by being like, hey, here's stuff that's, you know, maybe not going to be mentioned otherwise, like what random movies or whatever are you watching? And he brought up, if it was him, I might be wrong, it might have been a different guest, but he brought up uh, how he'd been watching Avatar The Last Airbender. And what caught my attention was he described it as the new nerd canon. And it was basically like, if you are a fan of Star Wars and a fan of like the famous comic books, like, like you were saying before about there's like that list of a few anime films that like most nerd Americans are familiar with and they don't necessarily have to have gone down the anime rabbit hole to know about. It's similar like where there's that nerd, he calls it the nerd canon, which is that like top layer of uh, nerd stuff that all quote unquote nerds are going to be familiar with be it um, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, um, uh, Adventure Time, you know, that little, that, that short list of like 10 items that everyone's has a passing familiarity with if they're uh, uh, sort of a, a general American nerd. Yeah, yeah. And so he was basically <clears throat> saying like, there's this new show and it's an inductee right away. And you need to know this. And so right away, I was sort of like, okay, that's on my to-watch list. But listeners of our old podcast will know my to-watch <laughs> list is fucking redonk. Um, I am proud to say I've gotten below 400 discs still on my Netflix queue. I still get discs in the mail because that queue is huge and I don't want to forget. I have uh, recently been mailed... <laughs> This is so fucking weird. The movie Wagons East, which was John Candy's last film. No one's talking oh, about yeah. Wagons East, but, <laughs> but it's in my mailbox, ready to get put I in the never DVD saw player. Saw that movie? Me neither. <laughs> I've always been curious, and now that I have a roommate, I'm really nervous. I'm gonna be like, put it in, and she's gonna just walk in and plop down and be like, "What you watching?" And I'll be like, <laughs> "It's not for normal humans to watch." <laughs> this is not. It's not. You know, it's a. It's a thing. It's kind of. Like homework. I yeah, don't... yeah. It's research. <laughs> it's homework. It's not for enjoyment. <laughs> I, don't, do... I don't 
I don't actually enjoy this. I'm just yeah, right. telling you. I don't watch films for enjoyment. <laughs> don't you understand? I'm not weird. <laughs> I don't like this, but I need you to quiet down because I am watching this. Um... I feel like our podcast should be called I Need You to Quiet Down because I am watching this. <laughs> I am watching this. <laughs> um, and so finally got around to it. I, in fact, <laughs> uh, when I got the job after the job we met at, when I finally had like um, money and mm-hmm. my credit was okay and I started <laughs> aggressively buying every DVD set and Blu-ray set that like I sh- quote should own you know like I've been <laughs> not even the- not even seeing it you're buying it sight unseen that's correct <laughs> because you should own them <laughs> yeah yeah and there were so many like sh- still shrink wrapped like mm-hmm. hey Max didn't you buy the aliens box set yes but I have not watched any of the films <laughs> And so Avatar The Last Airbender, all three seasons, and all four Legends of Korra seasons, sat on my shelf for a very, very long time. And it wasn't until um, the, I, let's say, if you will, I'm going to submit this, it's up to you co-hosts to, to pick it up or not, okay. Uh, okay. I, I submit for your approval, that the unofficial third host is Cam Cam, because... <laughs> He yeah. is an he is an insane fan of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay, I and... I, sh- I put my rubber stamp of approval. Oh, wow, that was quick. I was gonna say sleep on it. Think about no. it. No, hey, that's fine. Nice, I'm Cam. Cam, you're always welcome to jump in on an episode if you want. <laughs> um, he was the one <clears throat> who finally said he came over to my place. This was the place down in Des Moines, Washington, and said, uh. uh like, God damn it, Max, it's an embarrassment that you haven't watched these <laughs> shows that you fucking own. And yeah, so yeah. I bought them in 2011. We, I watched them in 2014. And it, it, was, it was so quick. It was so ridiculously, stupidly quick. How um, such a short amount of time before I was through the series. Mm-hmm. And it really was like, come home every day after work, pop so it a disc. total binge watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't binge watch. I'm the guy who after, like, three, four episodes, gets a little, like, oversaturated and has mm-hmm. to, like, step back and do something else. Literally, I could watch another thing. I'm not even done watching stuff. It's just that particular show or film series or whatever. I have to step back and kind of, like, digest. But yeah. this show, um, I couldn't get enough. It was such a page-turner, you know? And that's kind of a different experience than the one I had because even though I was behind... I kind of rationed it out like a TV, weekly TV series, yeah. in that I only watched the episode here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew that the next season wasn't out until X or Y right, right. date. So um, I, I you know, calculated it out. After I watched the first couple episodes, really enjoyed it, realized I was going to watch more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think I have... Or had them on DVD at one point. I forget how I got them. Must have been Netflix or something. I, yeah, I think for a anyway. while they were on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I kind of rationed it out and and watched it that way. So I really kind of digested each episode as mm-hmm. I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which I'm is ex- not how I watch TV now. I mean, right now, <laughs> now I we're in the heyday of, of Netflix, and I'm uh-huh. down with like binging. You'll stuff. watch a season in the weekend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I, you remind me that it was on Netflix and there was an abortive attempt to pick up this show. I was in the, in the place we, the, the job we uh, worked at together, 
um, during uh, October, our schedules would all go crazy. <laughs> and I, like the last year I was there, I think, the last couple of years, um, I was in the like, like restock department basically it was it was retail and so i got these really crazy hours during uh the month of october and so i was like getting out of work at 1 a.m and i would like last bus from um the Northgate area of seattle all the way down to uh the central district which is like uh near capitol hill in seattle and that was like three buses and i'd get home and I, you know, my, your sleep schedule has adjusted by that point. And so yeah, I was just like, yeah. well, I'm up and I have nothing to do because no other human's awake right now. And so I was like, I'm going to tear through Avatar The Last Airbender because I've <laughs> A, heard it's good from that Slash Filmcast episode and B, it's all, it's all on Netflix. And I watched the first episode and went, what is this silly fucking bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> And maybe if yeah, because did you know it was a kids show when he recommended it? Did he mention it? I was aware that it was a Nickelodeon show, but I think I thought it was a little, a little more adult. Like what I would now say. Nickelodeon with Adult Swim, or (laughs) (laughs) yeah, why did you think there was any adultness? I like what I would now say. Looking back, uh, uh, you can find in um, Adventure Time. Where it's kind of, it has that sort of sad darkness to it, that bittersweet adultness to it. Like, that's a flavor that's mixed in, you know, mm-hmm. um, to the very silly playfulness. Um, I think I thought, without even having seen a, uh, Adventure Time at that point, I think I thought that was maybe the tone I was going to encounter uh, uh, playing the first episode. And it is not. It is a really... Okay, that's not true. And maybe maybe this is a great transition to get into actually discussing the episodes we watched today. Because the first thing I noticed watching it today... so I, And so, uh, uh, to finish the original thing, this is the second time I've ever watched the series. So, I'm still... You know you know how you watch a movie, fam- favorite movie, the first time? You watch mm-hmm. it the second time, you watch it the third time? Each one is like you're learning more. You're getting yeah, deeper. Yeah, it's something different. And this is only the second time I've ever watched. <laughs> well, this is only like the fourth time i've watched watched it all the way through so only the fourth i but see you're like already like you have like layers upon layers of kind of like uh, an appreciation for it yeah but that was years ago i mean i the after it came out it was like me and it was me re-watching it like i would re-watch episodes uh like the the book one i would Mm re-watch before book two came out oh as i I spaced them i would space Uh, them but then book two came out and then I ha- felt the ability to rewatch. You know, you got to rewatch book one. Right, 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 right. You know, I haven't seen. Oh, it's been like a month. I have to I have to watch them all over again. Gotcha. So, so at I, least you space them out, and then you'd binge them, and then yeah, and then a little bit, yeah. That's so uh, you know, and it's it's fits and starts. I didn't like yeah. actually schedule it or anything like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. But it's, it's it, it was definitely trickled out to me, and I think it was Netflix, uh, the DVD service, back got when it, I still had got that. it. Yeah, so yeah. How I got it, so. Nice. So only so you've seen it like let's say four times, yeah. Uh, or, or or for the purposes of this podcast, you'll have you'll be talking about episodes from a four time viewing, a fourth dimension. <laughs> yes, you'll be looking at it from the fourth dimension. <laughs> Me only the second dimension, flat as hell, <laughs> but good area, a good height yeah, and width, a good, a good area. Yeah, there's just no depth, and I think people know that when they're communicating with me. They're you just got those not. X and Y's covered, man. Well, baby, I got your X and Y's. But if you want Z, go to Dale. <laughs> if you want Z and T, Dale's got you. <laughs> um, 
trying to make a joke about what Z and T could stand for, <laughs> but I got nothing. Um, but uh, zits. But uh, so I was gonna say zits and tits, but I thought no, that's too stupid. That's too stupid. <laughs> Pretty but good. Nope, we said it. Pretty and, good. You know, it's out there now. Because <laughs> when squeezed, they both produce white goo? Oh, what the fuck? I didn't even go that far, man. <laughs> Why? Dude, Whoa. Why is this allowed? <laughs> Cutting it out. Editing it out. <laughs> um, so, anywho. <laughs> so, back to this airbender thing that you what guys it? tuned in now? for. <laughs> what are we? Um... So, only the second time I've seen it, uh, we watched, watched the first episode today, and I was noticing how little kiddish the first episode is. I was reminded yeah, yeah, by how, right. like, kind of seemingly frivolous it is, um, and remembering how I had such a hard time pushing myself past the first episode. Like, that, that one night during the October season in whatever, 2008 or 2009, mm-hmm. um, how I was just like... I don't get why this is popular. I guess it's not for me. And so I was I was restruck by how, you know, it's like of two minds, you know, where it's just like, okay, I see why I saw that. Mm-hmm. But what I was also struck by this time, having now seen the whole series through, how much story is already there and kind of being thrown at you kind of quickly. Yeah. And if you know that if you know what they're referencing, it's actually a very dense first episode. But if you don't, if it's the first time you're seeing it, there's just a lot of information sailing over your head, and they're just kind of being a little kid show. Playing in the snow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, when, I, when he started <clears throat> fucking sliding on penguins, I was like, I don't know why this is popular. <laughs> <laughs> but now, watching it with a you know, somewhat more experienced perspective... Um, there's all this talk about like the father's off at war and the mother is dead and the uh, like I guess, I guess that's all that they make I think reference the, to the, even like the sliding on the penguins thing that you know it's it's made an event for that local area kind of has layers when you're watching it more and more because mm-hmm. then you realize that well he's going to all these different places and and doing the local you know local yokel tourist joints for each one of those because uh, he doesn't want to be the last airbender. Uh, you know, the, he doesn't want to be um, the avatar right. and have that responsibility. So what he's doing is he's going to all these different places across the world and it's he's set this up so that it is going to take a while so that he doesn't have to uh, ha- be responsible right, for the right. rest of the world. Oh, interesting. Because there's that moment when he says, like, okay, I've got it all figured out. And he's looking at a map. And he's like, we can go here to ride the whatevers. We go here to ride the whatevers. And, you know, you're not supposed to. You'll get in trouble if you do. But that's the point. That's why it's fun or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that as, like, avoidance. Like, not doing his yeah. homework or whatever. Yeah. Um, And that's the biggest thing that I was that, – that, like, hit me watching it is how – I guess I'd forgotten from the time that I watched it through last time how much that's an ongoing thing of balancing. And I don't mean him balancing. I I really mean the writers balancing yeah. the difference between him being the fucking avatar and him being a little kid mm-hmm. and how he really um, – I feel like there's something deeper going on with that where he – it's it's really important to him to still be a little kid and he – like. 
kind of refuses to let it go in a lot of situations. And and maybe it's sort of like the tragedy, like maybe that's the deeper thing, is that over the course of the series, there's a tragedy to him having to let go of that innocence in order to absorb all the like uh, uh, weight of this war. Mm-hmm. Because there's that moment when they do ride the penguins, and we're kind of jumping ahead. We'll, we'll, get, we'll actually get through like the plot in a second. <laughs> but um, where... Uh, Katara is like, um, I haven't done this since I was a kid. And he's like, you're still a kid. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was really interesting. That was kind of like, and it's really quick and it moves on. And so I was like, that's like kind of profound that like this war is making the teenagers be grownups too quickly. Yeah. And he hasn't been a part of the war. He didn't even know there was a war. And so as we'll learn later, the monks were like, okay, it's time to, like, fucking start your shit. You're training. You're the Avatar. Yeah, and he was up. like, yeah, it's time to start growing up. And he's 12, but he wants to stay in, like, six-year-old mode. Whereas they're 15 or whatever, and they have to start acting like they're 21 or 25 or however you want to uh, number that. However you want to slice it. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Um, so he's 12 years old when he's in, uh, he ices himself over. Right. Yeah, and, and so this is so this is was was it was a storm right that uh, storm is raging because it's hinted at we yeah. see it, it briefly in a in a in, in a, a dream, dream sequence yeah so it all starts I guess we should finally do that it all yeah. starts with uh, we are introduced to this brother and sister uh, uh, Soka and Katara and they are what's their goal exactly are they just hunting for food yeah I think they're just hunting for food. Because they're, you know, hunting and gathering because they're adults. They're the adults of right. the tribe now. Right. And so they're just, like, headed through on their canoe through the um, Arctic. Uh, we later learn the Antarctic um, waters amidst yeah. ice flow and amidst uh, floating uh, chunks of glacier and looking for, yeah, looking for fish. And we see that she has this ability you know, that, that he, I think he names it, no, she names it waterbending, because he just calls it magic. I think. Yeah, magic water. Yeah, yeah. And she's very sharp to say it's not magic, which is interesting, because to me it seems pretty magic. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it kind of sets up the fact that waterbending is a thing in this universe, and that is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe she, not, you know, not... Uh, uh, common common but yeah but normal yeah yeah that's right and but he but soka is it's a it's it's i guess right at that level where it's not so common because soka is freaked out by it he calls it like freaky or weird and so he's trying to he's trying to hunt she pulls a blob of water out using her like hands whipping around in the air motions like kind of tai chi motions pulls this blob of water out of the out of the uh, ocean and there's a fish floating around inside and He's a clown, so he instantly wrecks that and, and gets himself wet and loses the fish. And then they bump into, uh, they bump they they bump into something and they like get lost in an ice. Well, flow. there's a current, the, yeah. a current that pulls them into a bunch of, of ice, kind of jostling against each other. And then right, the ice so they have to crushes like, their boat. Right, crushes yeah. their boat gets crushed, and she gets really mad at him because he's proud and wants to be in charge, but she's clearly more. Uh, skilled in all ways, <laughs> and so she gets pissed because, like, you're super sexist. Because just because I'm a I'm a girl, I'm supposed to uh, be deferential to you. And she gets so mad 
that uh, act, she accidentally water bends a uh, like an avalanche on them. Yeah, from an iceberg. Yeah, and he's trying to warn her, but you know it's kind of like sitcommy, like turn around for a second. She's like, mm-hmm. don't interrupt me, kind of thing. And then the iceberg splits open, and through fate, I suppose it's revealed uh, uh, the Avatar, which they don't know who that is yet, but it's a young boy and a big beast frozen in the ice. Uh, that comes out. I guess he he goes into what we'll later learn is the Avatar state right then and there. Yeah, to get them out. Which I'd forgotten how that was. Like, it's an interesting sequence of events. Like, And again, first time seeing it, it's inscrutable what's going on. Yes. Like, <laughs> what in the heck is going on? <laughs> so she gets angry. There's a big thing. Is that her doing that? Then they come out of the thing, the ice. Uh, uh, Aang and, and Appa come out of the ice, which that's triggered by Aang. Well later be able to put together but at the time it's just like there's glowing there's shattering they're freaked out no one knows what's happening um, i do remember kind of being confused at that point too when i first went saw it through it's like oh well, if this is thing is glowing and exploding now i don't think i've seen ice ever do that before right um, or or it, i thought maybe it was an extension of her yeah yeah it's like is this part of what water bending is yeah or? yeah yeah so uh ang comes out as a young boy he's got a shaved head uh, that's because he's, he's he belongs to monks. We'll later learn. Um, he's got a he's got a blue tattoo, which that's normal, Air Nation tattooing, right? Or I believe tribe. so. Air nomads. That's what it is. Because um, what is it? It's like the Earth Empire, the Fire Nation, the Air Nomads, and the Water Tribes. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool that it's not just the four elements; it's also four forms of government in a way. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like in Star Trek when they'd be like, oh, it's the, uh, Klingon Empire, uh, but it's the Human Federation, and then it's the, like, they'd always come up, like, the whatever confederacy and the whatever consulate. Like, they'd always Mm -hmm. have, like, a different adjective to, like, Mm -hmm. what, what that group meant. That theoretically spoke to who those people acted like or whatever. Um... So then, they introductions are made. He's Aang. <clears throat> they're uh, Katara and Soka and their siblings. And they bring him back to the tribe. It turns out we now learn that... Um, the tribe I guess we skipped over the very first thing, which is just a voiceover, where Katara explains the basic setup of the universe uh, that we're going to be spending three seasons in, mm-hmm. which is there's four, there's four elements, therefore there's four nations or groups of people and normally they're all in balance but then the avatar vanished and that allowed the fire nation to gain more power and go to war and so we at least generally are aware that there's this like you said this tiny tribe in the snow that they're the water people um then then that's when we have that dream sequence where um, Aang was on Appa and there was a storm and then somehow they fell into the water because of lightning and Appa was freaked out or something. Appa, by the way, is a giant floating buffalo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who knows how that works? Some sort of airbending buffalo. Right, right. That's right. That's right. The species itself can yeah. airbend in some fundamental way. Some some subsentient, which is way. kind of interesting because not a lot of the other animals can air, uh, can bend. Right. 
We'll later learn, I think, that there is a thing, like moles can earthbend. Maybe there's others that can do something yeah, else. Yeah, but it's, so, like, not, it's not as common or as powerful as people. Yeah. I think bending, learning, you know, training and learning to, to utilize that power. So I mm-hmm. guess, like, Appa's uh, airbending buffalo is, uh, is uh, kind of just how he transports himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just an evolved ability. Yeah. And then humans are like, wait. It's, it's like, the I guess, the equivalent of, like, cavemen being like, these beavers are building structures to stop <laughs> water flow. Maybe we should do that. Yeah. But then, like, humans turn it to 11. You know, like, there's, like, a... And does it, do they not, does Appa not predate? Uh, water bears. What do you mean? The the microscopic <laughs> little guys that can live in space or whatever and oh, harsh yeah, environments. Oh yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, they've oh, got a bunch of legs too, and they kind of float around. Oh, I see yeah. what you're saying. That Apple was designed before <laughs> we had microscopic images of water bears. Oh <laughs> wow, wow, those guys were really on. And something. they should have really called them water buffaloes. Right. Or they don't look like bears. or so that you avoid confusion, they could just call them like oppas. That would be so fucking awesome. With like a microbiologist uh, airbender fan. Yeah, the microbiologist yeah. That, that discovered the water bear owes Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko <laughs> an apology. I say that's our big because that would have been perfect if it was an oppa. Mm-hmm. I think if nothing else comes from this podcast, at least we should get the. Um, like the Twitter hashtag rename water bears started water, water bears, what <laughs> tiny appas, not water bears. Is that the hashtag? I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, so they get back to the tribe and it's, um, oh, oh, sorry. So to finish that dream sequence, it. Uh, he freezes. He he goes into the avatar. He, his eyes glow. We don't know what that means, but his eyes and his tattoo glow. And then he creates an air bubble underwater, seemingly to save Appa and himself. Yes. And then it freezes over. We now understand, having seen the show already, that that's because... Or I guess you could put together that that's because it's in Arctic freezing temperature that mm. it freezes over. But let me tell you, the first time I saw this episode... I did not, I literally didn't understand that that dream sequence, like, was a, was a memory. I thought it was, like, an abstract series of images. <laughs> you know, in the same way where, like, like in Toy Story 2, like, he's, like, feels like he's being replaced, and then these ar- oh, toy arms come and grab him, and he, like, wakes up, and he's like, ugh! Like, yeah. it's surreal dream imagery is all I thought it was, because... There's a storm, and then he gets caught in the water, and then he goes into an avatar state, and the water freezes over. It was all very confusing what it was I was seeing. I think that was, you know, uh, not unintentional. I think that, that, that definitely that dream sequence wasn't meant to explain how he got there. Gotcha. I think it was just more meant to hint at how he got there and, mm-hmm. you know. Why he's there was kind of left up to a question. Why is he out there? Why is he flying? Yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff is 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 addressed later. But I later think on, yeah, very much. Uh, you don't. You're not given a lot of information. I think it's it's not a useful dream sequence until after you've seen a few more episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. That's. I feel like that's ballsy as hell. That these show that these showrunners were like. 
<laughs> let's create all this mystery and then let's fill in the blanks later. And like, maybe this show existed at a time where there was still like, maybe I don't know what the deal was. Maybe Nickelodeon was like, dude, you've got uh, at least, I think that, I think it, that at least in part is kind of taking a lot from the anime, uh, storytelling. I've seen that a lot in anime series, at least where they'll mm-hmm. really start early with a, with a long story arc and story mm-hmm. hooks that kind of pay off later. Like shit's planned yeah. going in. Yeah. That's so awesome. Every time someone pulls it off, I'm so impressed <laughs> because there's like a, I mean, it's a temptation to just dive in day one, like be like, mm-hmm. this is all the shit I have planned. But the idea that like, or the alternative is week to week, we're making it up. What else could yeah. they do? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Whereas this is like, before we started, we knew what the world was. And so when a character offhandedly mentions like, like um, a little bit later in the episode, Soka's like, I'm doing what dad said, uh, Katara, I'm protecting you. And so we now, like, looking back, we'll later meet the dad. And and I don't know if there's a line later in that episode about, like, if there's a flashback ever that's, like, protect your sister or something. But you can imagine that happening. There could have been a scene where he's like, I'm leaving now, son. Protect your sister. And that all feels very real. But it's this offhanded reference very quick. Um. So anyway, he wakes up from the scary dream and Katara's like, hey, meet the tribe. And that's when, um, what you were saying, the tribe is tiny. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's, you know, a visual joke. Right. Right. Meet the tribe. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, it's all little kids and, uh, and like young girls, it seems. And then like one old grandma and that's it. Right. The only, the closest... Well, I think there's a couple more elders in there, but yeah. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And then the one, like, weapon-bearing aged individuals are the two we've already met, Soka and yeah. Katara. And so we get to see uh, what that looks like. Like, we get to see what, like, a day in the life of the tribe is. Like, Soka training these little tiny babies. Um, Aang gets to... Uh, show off his cool um, kite thing that he has, his mm-hmm. glider. And um, they, for the first time, I think, we get to hear that track of music that we'll hear a lot, which mm-hmm. is that, like, and then, the, like, the, like, flute going, and it's, like, this really cool, playful, like, sequence. Like, right away, I'm I'm sucked into this world. Um we we tried to look it up before the episode, and the like composer is called like the track team, which is like the most generic like <laughs> yeah. the team that it's makes like the tracks track team. The... You know the guys who did that track, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and it is two guys. They're two musical composers. They went on to do Legend of Korra, but they're basically known for doing these two shows as soundtracks. Um, so a lot of time, a lot of time, like it kind of struck me watching this. Uh, again, it is a lot of time is given towards um, that kind of emotional kind of investment in in the trio. I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of like interplay of like Soka doesn't like Ang, but Katara right away likes Ang, and Ang seems to have kind of a crush on Katara right away, mm-hmm. um, and then and then they're not, you know, it's not. 
it, it seems, you know, there's that kind of tension of like, and you need to leave the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Katara being like, why? He's awesome. Um, well, which and, happens because they come across a, uh, after they, <laughs> after they surf on some penguins, <laughs> right, right. They, uh, come across a, uh, Fire Nation ship. An abandoned. Uh, an abandoned battleship. Yes. And, uh, the, and it's raised up on ice. Yeah. Which it, as if it's been water bended up there, kind of like out of the out so of the awesome. water. It's a, it suggests something really cool yeah. happened. Like in that a specific battle the Fire Nation lost that one. Ah, yeah. yes. Right. And sort of um, the water the water tribe kept them at bay. Shatara says time. to Aang, you can't we can't go there. It might it's be abandoned. It's abandoned. Yeah. or yeah, it's, it's dangerous. Um, it's it's off limits. Yeah. Um and I've always thought that was so cool. So they they go inside, of course. <laughs> of course, because Aang is Aang. Aang is Aang, and he's a little kid. And that's that moment that I mentioned earlier where, where he's like, let's, um, let's uh, ride the penguins. And then they, once again, and they're going down the, like, the chutes or whatever. And the penguin seems super cool being ridden. And she says, I haven't done this since I was a kid. And he's like, you're still a kid. What are you talking about? And um, so then, like, again, his little kiddishness, he's like, let's go explore this abandoned fucking... Uh, carrier, this uh, this mm-hmm. this ship, this warship, and they go inside, and I I was was so struck by that. Like I want to see that in a million different scenarios, like comics or D and D games or whatever, video games, where like you're in one environment, this this glacial uh, uh, Antarctic world, mm-hmm. and then you go inside this metal. You know, you go from a world of like a lot of whites and blues to like blacks and grays. To very juxtaposed. Yeah. 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 And this ancient abandoned sort of like, it's almost like a submarine, you know? It's sort of like going into this steam metal world. And then they accidentally trigger a little warning flare. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he uh, he says, like, what were you saying earlier about uh, booby traps? (laughs) Booby traps. (laughs) (laughs) And. Cut to, um, we actually, I think, first met this other uh, B story um, during the dream sequence, or just before the dream sequence or something. Because, oh, because we had been, they, they, he tried to get Appa to fly when they were stuck out in the ice, <laughs> and um, Appa wouldn't fly. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, Appa's tired. And so they ride him the buffalo through the water and then we cut to um the fire nation and dale who do we meet in the we fire meet nation prince zuko zuko uh and his uncle iroh yes and uh, zuko sees this uh when when ang's avatar states himself out of the ice with the help of katara um there's a white light that shoots up right like that's a, interesting i hadn't thought about that there's sort of two flares in a row Mm-hmm. There's that one, and then there's, there's the later, and, there's and the booby the, trap. The one later, yeah, the booby trap one. So he's he's we learn floating about in his ship, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to find the avatar, yeah. which is and it has uh, something to do with his honor. So you we, you know it mentions uh, Prince Zuko mentions that it's imperative that he finds the avatar, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, his uncle Iroh says, "Well, your grandfather didn't find the avatar, mm-hmm. your father didn't find the avatar, and <laughs> your great-grandfather didn't find You're yeah. not finding the avatar. Nobody's finding the avatar. Right. <laughs> but he says, yeah, but they didn't have their honor on the line. Yeah. 
And so, um, so we learn there that it's really important for some reason that Zuko yeah. finds it. So uh, he and sees this white light and has convinced himself that this is the Avatar. Right. Whether it's, you know, and as Iroh says, like, we've been through this before. This isn't the Avatar. Yeah, yeah, but, right. Um, but he's, this time Zuko's right. It is the Avatar. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that right away either because Katara, when they first wake uh, Aang up, we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but yeah, when uh, Katara first wake, no, 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 it's, we're, this is our first episode, listeners. <laughs> we're not real good at, like, summarizing. We're used to watching. <laughs> um, or commenting, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Why, right why. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so in that moment, Katara's like, oh, man, you've been sleeping the ice. Didn't you know that shit's gone crazy because there's no Avatar? And, like, Aang's sort of like, oh, yeah, no Avatar. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, like, makes a, he makes a, a sad face uh, sort of to himself. Yeah. That, that we, the audience, see. And so then, yeah, so, so we've now met Zuko. We've seen the Fire Nation to some extent. We've seen this one ship, and we've met Iro. And, and ne- we now know they're on the way toward the um, tribe as well. Then we cut back to the, um, uh, their, uh, the Avatar and, or sorry, <laughs> Aang, whoever he is, oh and Ahsoka <laughs> and Katara are riding Appa. And there's this great little moment at nighttime now, because before it was during the day, so now it's mm-hmm. night. So seemingly it's been hours of them like heading back home. And she leans over he's like chilling on appa's head and she leans over appa's like riding a a saddle which is so big the saddle's like a little like room like a little area (laughs) and he's like what you think about and that's like what you're saying about how it's like it focuses on their just relationship on like these kids interacting and he's just like what you think about and she's like um she's mentioned something about the avatar oh she says you're from the monks temple I would think maybe you know something about the Avatar. Oh, yeah. And he, and I think she's uh, actually the one that initiates conversation. Yeah. Because um, she's like – she leans over and says, hey, wait. You're from the Air Monks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the Do you know the Avatar? Yeah. I, I don't think she like demures. directly asks him but definitely is like inquiring about the Avatar. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, I – I, He's like, I know someone who knows I him. I know people who know him, but yeah. I, know, I can't say that I know him. And so once again, we see that I, sort I, of... I'm just like, seeing it this time, I'm like trying to read into, is he trying to like evade and not lie to her and saying mm. that, well, he doesn't really know himself or... Like Ooh, dig like dig it. deep into it or something like that, but no, right, he's right. pretty much just straight up lying to her. <laughs> he's <laughs> so trying to cover because, like you said, he's trying to avoid responsibility. Yeah, he exactly. just wants to to have fun. He just met a girl who's really pretty, who mm-hmm. seems cool, and he explains um, it a little later on when she finds out. Uh, mm. um, and he's he definitely kind of owns up right away to it. Says, "Yeah, well, I don't I don't want to be the Avatar." Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. So. Back to where we theoretically were in the in the summary, which is the second time a big light has gone up into the sky and further attracted uh, Prince Zuko toward the good guys. We have this kind of ticking clock as they're coming close. Um, they come back. Uh, uh, Aang and, and Katara come back. The elders get real fucking pissed. Zuko gets... Or not Zuko. Um, Soka gets pissed. Because they all see the, the, the flare. The flare. Everybody sees the flare. And so uh, they basically say, like, it's not our fault. It was an accident. It was stupid. Um, and then and then that's when Soka finally says, you need to fucking get out of here. You're not welcome. Yeah, you need to leave. And 
Katara, for a brief moment, goes, well, I'm leaving too, before she's like, I can't fucking leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Aang kind of talks her off the ledge. He says, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to come between you and your family, and it's best if I just go. Yeah, it's very very virtuous of him. And he's he's very, um, even though he's very much wants to be a kid, he, you can tell that he is very, um, I don't know, mature or something, mm-hmm. because he's he makes a lot of these decisions where he's very silly and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. very purposeful silly. Mm. It's like a, a, a decision has been made in his head to be silly at this time. Right, and, right. And it's because he knows the consequences or the weight of the situation, not because he's uh, ign- ignorant or innocent of the, the weight of the situation. Mm-hmm. It's because he knows the weight of the situation and has chosen to be silly and stuff. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to break up the the, um, the 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 seriousness with some playfulness. Yeah, you got to find your moments if you can. And that's kind of his answer to that. And I think yeah. that's very. And they do kind of take the time to animate him recognizing the situation is serious mm-hmm. before they go into the silly. And that's what that's kind of very much a, a considered decision by the animators. And I think mm-hmm. that's pretty. You know, I think I, that's one of the things I really like about it is that they take the time to do that and, and are like, no, he's not, he's not um, ignorant of the yeah. situation. He yeah. he knows the situation. Right, right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He plays like he doesn't, but we we slowly learn that he really does. Yeah. <clears throat> so then he he leaves, and that's when Zuko finally comes to the. To the to the, to the uh, tr- water, water tribe. tribe, yeah. And there's that great moment where they know they're coming, but um, they're not sure what to do. And then and and uh, Soka stands on the walls, the walls of ice, and he's like, "I'm a badass. I've got this. I'm going to protect the whole tribe." Mm-hmm. And then little tiny Soka, Soka is surrounded by the silhouette of the ship, and it it's huge. And it reminded me of um, in the beginning of Star Wars: A New Hope. Where there's the little tiny rebel ship surrounded by the huge star destroyer coming mm-hmm. after it. Mm-hmm. And you just really in one moment um, understand how doomed they are. How yeah. the Fire Nation can do whatever they want to this tiny little tribe. And um, something... So then we cut to uh, Aang sort of chilling, not sure what to do. Uh, Appa's just hanging out and Aang is like, they're far away they've, they've left but he doesn't know what to do and he's just like yeah it fucking sucks because i have a crush on this girl <laughs> and we were just booted <laughs> away from her house and something happens we he he hears something or he sees something and he, he knows sees them i think he directly sees them There's, okay he's sitting inside the circle uh ice uh-huh. ice spire with two circles in it one ang size one oppa size i don't, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if he made them or like Ooh, how made them or what yeah. but he's dead. they're just chilling there right and he notices conveniently notices the fire nation ship and then looks to the right and notice uh-huh. and can see the tribe of course right right the like yeah direct line yeah, one's yeah. going to the other so he flies in to help them because there's this great moment where um Oh, oh, before that happens, so after after what you're talking about, but before the, like, moment of the big silhouette appearing, like I was talking about, there's this great sequence of Soka um, putting war paint on his face. Mm-hmm. And then it intercuts with um, Zuko putting his, like, helmet on and his battle armor on. 
and it really like aligns these two young men and it really sets up this thing that I think is going to be a thing throughout the series which is this whole war is created by adults but it's young people that really pay for it yeah it's the young people that are fighting it yeah yeah and that's so interesting and this sort of you know they'll make decisions throughout the series of whether to um, continue what their uh, elders tell them to do or maybe sometimes reject what their elders tell them to do and it's a really cool sort of motif that I think goes throughout the whole series that um, I'm excited for our podcast to talk about. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, and also, though, I noticed that Soka, that war paint that he puts on, I don't think we ever see him in that again. Um, yeah, not until um, you see kind of a, a mirror of it or a version of it when uh, he is in the warrior women tribe. Yeah, later on. it really reminded him me of that that woman that he get, ends up meeting from yeah. the warriors and i thought that was really interesting intentional or not uh foreshadowing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway um he's facing off against um uh zuko and ang flies in at the last second to kind of be like no you're gonna fucking get toasted this dude can shoot fireballs out of his hands <laughs> um i'm gonna fight against him but even that fight, they square off for a second, and even that fight um, is going to start destroying the, the tribe, the water yeah, tribe. Yeah. There's and a moment that, of danger when Aang is like easily deflecting fire with mm-hmm. his staff, mm-hmm. and um, Zuko's fire kind of is pushed off and around Aang, but towards the children. Right. And Aang sees that, and then yeah. he says, okay, stop. We can, yeah, 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 yeah. If this I go with you, up. will you leave these people alone? So that's, I think, the biggest gesture we've ever seen from Aang, this sacrificial mm-hmm. thing. But then he, pl- he plays it off really chill. She's like, uh, uh, Katara's like, no, you can't walk into the belly of the beast. And he like looks back and he's like, don't worry, I'll see you. Everything's going like, to be fine. It's yeah, fine. And, Everything's and fine. And I was wondering how much he's putting on a brave face for this girl he has a crush on. Well, there's a moment there as the door is shutting uh, the front, uh, in the front of the ship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the shadow's kind of coming over his face, and mm-hmm. then he makes a sad face, kind of a scared, oh, sad face. And I think it's right before it breaks the line of sight, and I uh-huh. think that um, Katara sees that. Oh, it's so clever. She sees, like, that he's, despite his brave face, he's mm-hmm. scared of the situation. Gotcha. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Dale, this show's real good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but uh, it's just good. <laughs> That's going to be a sequence with each with each episode. <laughs> In this weekend, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, this show's real good. Uh, um, so now Aang's a prisoner of, of Zuko. And is that when Katara finally says, fuck this shit, we're mounting a rescue? Oh, yeah. And she's like... Um... So that, oh, that's the break. That's episode one ends. Yes. And it says to be continued. Mm-hmm. And that's when Dale gets a text from Max saying you have to watch episode two. <laughs> watch episode two because that's we're covering that too. This is and, part of the homework. <laughs> and Dale goes, God damn it. <laughs> I was just about to hit video call. So uh, uh, at that point though is when um, we kind of open up and Katara is – she's made this decision in her head that she's going to go rescue him. This is mm-hmm. – you know, it's untenable situation. He can't stay there and she's like – uh, <laughs> uh, she's uh, what's his what is uh, 
Um, what's his name? Soka? Yeah, so Soka is like, actually, Katara, I, and then she like cuts him off. And then <laughs> oh, right. uh, just talks barrels over him. He's like, I know you don't like him, but you're coming. We have to, we have to. This is literally, and he's like, uh, so finally, eventually, he's kind of like, uh, are you going to come or what? And he's already packed the canoe and he's ready to go right. rescue. And Did you... Do you ever get a vibe from Soka that reminds you of friend of the show, Jesse? Yes, for sure. <laughs> that moment where he's like, are you going to come along or what are we doing? <laughs> so uh, are you going to come or not? Let's do this thing. <laughs> that moment I was like, I miss Jesse. <laughs> What's that kid up to right now? Um, and it's kind of an interesting thing because they kind of do that twice where it's like we're set up to believe that he's like, I hate Aang. Mm-hmm. And then it's flipped when he's like, "We, of course, yeah. we have to rescue Duh. him." And <laughs> yeah. then it doubles down when the when the elder, the grandma, shows up, and she's like, "You're gonna need these these uh, yeah yeah uh, sleeping bags." She's like, but, "What are you kids doing? <laughs> You're gonna need these bags." <laughs> yeah, right. And then she has a line about like, um, uh, "You give me hope." And so once again, I think it touches on that idea of like the, the, the young, the next generation is going to fix this shitty situation. Yeah, and I think that it's, um, it, it goes a long way to kind of explain people's motivations behind all of this too because it's not just some cartoony wave of the hand, oh, the, the elders are just going to let her go uh-huh. for no reason. It's uh-huh. they explain, you know, that these, the elder explains that, you know, you give me hope and that's... That's her her motivation for helping uh, them leave. Uh, yeah, of course she's going to be sad, and of course you know she's going to be worried. But uh, she sees the necessity of the situation. Yeah, and I think that um, that's kind of expressed in you know, uh, Soka being ready to go and rescue Aang from the yeah. Fire Nation. He's yeah, like, everyone yeah. was arguing against um, Katara Katara's immediate embracing of how rad Aang is um, because like whatever she doesn't know it yet but she also has a big crush on Aang What's, <laughs> I'm calling this right yeah. now yeah 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 um, and so she uh, sees the how awesome he is nobody else does because he's new and strange but eventually they're like alright it's we can't just ignore how awesome he is <laughs> <laughs> everyone's eventually won over by yeah. Aang and I think uh, that would uh, that would be undermined if they didn't put a lot of that kind of emotional time in on the first episode. Oh, where they're, um, where they're oh, just oh, connecting. Where they're, yeah, yeah. Emotionally, you know, hanging out and yeah. making the tribe kids laugh and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I think that, well, at the time it seems kind of stretched out and a bit long, um, really kind of reinforces the beginning of this story and why these things and, happen. As soon as I as as soon as I read on Wikipedia that the first two episodes were aired as a single premiere, it it completely validated the slowness of the first episode. Yeah, I feel like it's a real error to watch to to separate the first episode on its own because on its own it's kind of a bore, mm. but when seen as the first half of a two of an hour, it's mm. like it's just the buildup, and then the second half is when we really get going when the series really begins because now we have them on the chase they they want to oh so there's this little moment where he goes um 
uh, how are how are we going to use a canoe to catch up to a warship? And that's finally when Appa fucking wakes up. <laughs> like I feel like Appa was like um, when you get a an animal back from the vet, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and it sort of just out. like sleepily wanders around. Or he's and like looks... a bear out of hibernation. Yeah, so yeah. he's like, he takes a few months to wake up. <laughs> right, right. Like, I feel like you could have gotten away with a lot more from Appa. Like, you could have poked him. You could have, like, mm-hmm. smacked him in the nethers. <laughs> he would have just been sort of like, and like, you're never going to get that opportunity again. He's going to be awake eventually. So, like, spray paint him. Have fun with him. Put a big silly, you know, like a dress on him. Or Take something. this time to trim his nails. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. But, like, I, I, I have a cat, and she went through a, an ordeal with the vet, and it was hilarious to watch her sleepily, medicatedly sort of heal, and, like, as she started to get better, she started going, oh, my my butthole smells bad because I haven't been cleaning it. <laughs> there was this moment of just like, oh, God, I reek. And then like aggressive <laughs> licking. And that's when you knew the cat was healing, you know, was really yeah. on the mend. So I think Appa's finally waking up out of this... this uh, <laughs> This ice-induced that's, medication. That's the part you didn't see off-screen. It was Appa right. licking his butt. Right, right. Appa realizing that his genitals <laughs> smell terrible and he needs to tend to this situation. So, because um, like, cause like Katara mentioned earlier, like, I'm, in the very beginning, I hate that my womanly role means I have to wash your socks. Your socks smell terrible. But I think that we all know that the much worse smell was when that air pocket shot out from the ice, iced air ball. <laughs> and Appa's... Ang and Appa, a hundred-year funk, <laughs> yep. blasting them in the face, curling right their in toes the in their stinky socks. Yeah, yeah. What they cut out was, was Katara just retching down her front. <laughs> And Soka just shoving his face into nearly freezing water to get away from this nightmarish garbage smell. Hundred year funk is what the premiere episode should be called. Is what this episode should this be called. This episode should be called One Hundred Year Funk. Uh huh. It took us a while, listeners, but we're getting into. We're doing the podcast. We finally know what we're talking about. Um. So they mount their, they decide, okay, finally we can fucking make this thing fly. And they, and they remember the yip yip and they take off and Soka forgets himself. And he's, he shows excitement for a split second Mm -hmm. before remembering that he's like too cool for school. It's true. It's true. (laughs) And then, um, they fly to the ship. Meanwhile, on the Naval, on the, uh, uh, Fire Nation Navy ship, um, it looks like Aang's done for. His his uh his glider's been taken from him. His hands are tied behind his back. Uh, and then he just kind of like reveals that the whole time he's not really all that scared. Yeah, yeah. Turns out not that scared. He can make he makes quick work of the guards by just doing some simple air bending tricks. He kicks one against one wall. He uses his body to sail the other one far away. You know, he knocks the other guy away. Um. He does a really cool little moment where he flips over a guard, and the guard's like sharp helmet cuts Ang's ropes, and so now his arms are free. Uh, he finally gets to um, uh, uh, Zuko, and they have this like 
a face-off. And this is the first time I think we witness um, the Fire Nation's fighting style of just, like, hand-shotgunning blasts of fire. Yeah. And what did I write? I have a note here where I said, um, oh, and that's also when we witness Aang's airball that he rides. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which we see many times throughout the series. And he, like, sits on this sphere of air that he can just kind of, like, fly around the room in. And so they fight. And then Aang does this really badass thing. And again, this episode two is when we're finally getting the flavor of the show we can come to expect. Where there's really cool martial arts scenes. Yeah, yeah. Animated. I love the fact that they have um, a very specific choreography for each style, for each bending style. They use very uh, airy, crane-like, tai chi-like movements for Aang and his airbending. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very... um, think karate like movements for the mm-hmm. fire bending and it's just very they're very indicative of the the uh the element that they mm-hmm. represent yeah each each nation has an element yeah. and therefore each eight nation also has a style a martial arts style and you can and you can really tell that they put a lot of thought into kind of choreographing those moves yeah to so give them I their think... own flavor yeah and and i think that maybe is what um what I was looking for when I first... Let's try out this first episode of this show that I've heard is good. What I was not giving enough time to find is that for the adults, there's this attention to detail in the in the choreography. And the fact that it's not just choreography, it's also animated choreography. Yeah. It's really yeah. impressive. And it's it, they put that just as much attention into the storyline, too, which I think is what makes the series yeah. um, so good. Right. So Aang... <laughs> is in there he's fighting Zuko in Zuko's uh, quarters in his in his bedroom and so his mattress that he sleeps on gets used as a weapon and it smacks Zuko into the wall and then smacks him into the ceiling <laughs> and Zuko's just like oh god <laughs> and then Aang's like I'm out <laughs> peace out <laughs> and so he runs up to the deck of the ship and he's not sure where he's going to go and that's when uh Appa Katara and Zuko and uh and uh Soka swoop in uh, to try to save him, but what happens? Something happens. Oh, Aang grabs his glider. He hasn't seen. Sorry, he hasn't seen Appa and the and, and the and the two siblings yet. Yeah. He has his glider. He jumps off, and there's this really like freeing moment. I've escaped, and that's when Zuko comes out of nowhere and grabs Aang's uh, rip, ankle. Uh, ankle. Yeah. And knocks him down. And that's, I think, the first time when it's communicated to us, the audience, that Zuko's not all talk. He's actually really a formidable foe. Yeah. He's going to always be just one step behind Aang. And scary as fuck. And intense as hell. And Iro is just sort of like, Jesus, my nephew is <laughs> Jesus. so goddamn intense. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, so... Uh, they fight a little bit longer, and then Aang looks like he's going to get it. That's when Appa swoops in, just so that Katara and Soka can witness Aang going into, we still don't know the name of it, but the Avatar state, yeah. where his eyes go white, his tattoo goes white, um, and he fucking goes zonkers. <laughs> he, like, falls into the water. That's what it is. He falls into the water first, and Katara's like, Aang, Aang. No. And then he's like, boom. 
and <laughs> he like does this crazy tornado. He whips the tornado around. At that moment, I gotta say, it's a water nado. <laughs> it is a water. It is a water nado. And I was like, if air can be used to achieve this, is there a point to water bending at all? No, he is water bending. What? So this is him underwater, water bending. So he water bends out in this water nado and huh. uses the water to wipe out the uh, airbenders that are on deck. Or the firebenders. Uh, they're the firebenders, excuse yeah. me. The firebenders that are on deck, he freezes three of them instantly and knocks back Zuko and uh, mm-hmm. Zuko's comrades. Right. Uh, and then does his little uh, fade out and, and almost right. fades. Right. It's, it's over. He has a, what do they call that? A uh, Hangover. A, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like uh, it's like a, oh a refractory period. <laughs> yeah, where he's done with the avatar state and he's just like, baby, I'm gonna need you to back off because I'm exhausted. <laughs> he's spent. He's highly spent. <laughs> highly spent. And, and that's when our uh, favorite siblings swoop in and come to like pick him up and mm-hmm. rescue him. Well, it's really well written. The idea of like you always have to do that where if you have. Uh, several main characters. One main character can't be the whole reason why they are safe. You yeah. have to have everybody have a purpose. Everybody and, does their part, yeah. And having the super badass superhero um, uh, 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 feel exhausted after he after he blasts, uh, if you will, <laughs> um, <laughs> is a great opportunity for our more mundane non-superhero characters to be able to rush in and save him. Um and so, because the cops wanna 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 grab a, a post blaster, you know, <laughs> and so the good guys have to save save our our post blaster from the cops. Now, um, Soka goes, "Oh, but your uh, glider's there. Don't worry, I'll uh, I'll grab your glider." And that's when a fucking terrifying ass <laughs> jump scare comes out of this cartoon that I did not expect. He's like, oh, I'll just grab your glider. And then a hand grabs it and it does this like music cue that's like, <laughs> and Soka's animated. Soka's animated to be like, oh, Jesus! <laughs> Basically. And that's when uh, uh, um, Zuko, it's going to be really hard for me to remember both the names, Soka and Zuka. I'm going to have to write these names down so I can like, click reference them. Uh, Zuko has has he was splashed into the water by the water NATO and yet he has um, he has come back and he's climbing the like I think it's like the anchor the on the anchor, side of the yeah. boat and he like has grabbed the thing and he's gonna wrestle with with um, Soka but then Soka has this moment where he just goes bop 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 <laughs> just pushes the... it right back in the stick right back into Zuko's face over yes, and over which again. is a callback from earlier when he first came in on the water tribe we didn't mention it but when he faces off against Soka before Aang comes and saves them, mm. he's fighting. He's the two of them fighting, and and you expect Zo- uh, uh, um, Zuko to be really like aggressive and violent, but all he does against Soka because he sees Soka as such a non-threat, he just goes smack, 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 smack <laughs> to his face to Soka's head, <laughs> and it's the most like dehumanizing <laughs> thing where he just gets like or de- you know emasculating yeah, moment yeah. where he just gets knocked down, and so Soka gets the follow through and gets to do it back to uh, Zuko, which is a really cool moment. They all get on Appa, they fly away, and um, 
and that's when um, Zuko and Iro are like, well, let's we can fucking firebend still. Let's shoot the blast of fire that we've been uh, uh, <laughs> promising as, as firebenders this whole time. This is the most powerful fire we've seen uh, in the series to date. The whole and I think that was kind of a memorable moment because Zuko screams, shoot him, shoot them. And I'm like, yeah. in my head, I'm like, wait, shoot them. Do they have guns? And uh, no, no, it's him and Iro do like this choreographed fire blast. Yes, so awesome. <laughs> and it's the first time Iro's fire bent that we've seen. So there can so, um, I can it's it's implied that they're working together to get a bigger fire blast. So yes, definitely more dangerous. Right, right, exactly. But Aang once again witnesses what's about to happen, understands what he has to do, and fucking Tai Chi's that uh, uses air to redirect the fire into, you know, they're near um, a big glacier wall. And so they hit the glacier wall and that puts a stop to the ship yeah. cold. Uh, Buries the front of the ship in under ice. Yes, it gets caught. And uh, Appa and Aang and, uh, and Soka and Katara zip off to safety. Uh, and um, Dr. Claw goes, I'll get you next time, Gadget. <laughs> next time. And uh, he goes, uh, Zuko goes, God damn it, let's fucking melt this giant ice that just collapsed around the ship. And he turns to his men, why aren't they helping? And his men are still frozen in ice. And so his like, second set of men are like gently thawing them out <laughs> with their firepower. Their literal firepower. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and I think the last we see is the, um, is the uh, our heroes going, well, where fucking to? And that's when um, Aang lays out the series uh, outline where he goes, well, I have to master water, then earth, then fire. And when I was being forced to watch my DVDs by friend of the show Cam Cam, he went, yep, that's the series order. <laughs> or that's the season order, I guess. Uh -huh. And I was like, fucking spoilers, bitch. <laughs> and, um, and then he's like, okay, cool. Let's go ahead to the, um, the, oh, because earlier it was revealed in the very beginning. Uh, he's like, oh, sweet, waterbenders. And she's like, I'm the only waterbender in this tribe. And, and Aang is like, oh, well, I'm pretty world knowledgeable. I'm aware that there's a different waterbending tribe on the other pole. Mm -hmm. um, apparently waterbenders love ice. Yes. Like, I guess it's the wateriest water, all so that's where they all congregate. Yeah, um, and so they are headed from one side of the planet to the other side of the planet, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's their mission. And as we will Thus eventually ensuring learn, ensuring a long <laughs> storyline for the seasons, set of episodes <laughs> um, ordered by Nickelodeon. And that's that's where we fade out. That's the end of episode yep. uh, two. So Dale, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was a good first premiere episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a great moment that I want to call out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can say this week in Looney Tunes, <laughs> where I don't remember what happens, but it's during Ang escaping from the ship. And he, like, I think it might be after he, like, knocks the shit out of Zuko with the mattress. He does this, like, 
exit stage right moment, and his lips extend <laughs> into frame and go, yeah. sorry. <laughs> so he's looking for his stick before he meets Prince Zuko. Oh, okay. Uh, and he's looking into each door. He's like, where's mistake? Where's mistake? Being all silly. Yeah. And uh, he... Is that opens, what he's, he's his Eero? Is that yeah. The, oh, he opens and the door sleeping. and Uncle Eero is sleeping. Yes. And he's like... And he realizes he's sleeping, so he kind of backs out, closing the door, and backs out. And as he's backing out, he says, oh, sorry. And his, and his you know, lips are like His face is already out. backed out, but his, his lips are kind of say, still saying sorry. It was amazing. <laughs> I, like, as I, I am an easy mark when it comes to being unexpectedly silly, mm-hmm. like childlike and silly. And so this knock, I fucking bust out laughing watching this <laughs> because it was so unexpected. Um and that's on top of just the the joke of of Aang being like, I'm escaping from the belly of the beast, but I don't want to wake up a sleeping guy. Yeah. Like, that's just rude. <laughs> you don't want to be rude and wake up a sleeping person, no matter if they're your enemy or not. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, so right away, the series introduces us to the fact that they can go um, epic and storied, um, sweet and playful and then just fully goofy cartoon mode <laughs> and and badass and martial arty yeah action pack yeah and and like clever uses so that's the thing that we're going to see a lot of is clever uses of bending mm-hmm. so what do you think early on there's the statement there's the like um mission statement of the show it's not magic so we've now seen a full hour of them using these powers in various clever ways. What is it if it's not magic? Uh, it's it's a a natural force in this world. Mm-hmm. It's like the natural. Okay. It's a natural force that is tied to these four elements, and it kind of branches off into other elements as well. It's like a, a subset or branch of the earthbending is the metal bending, mm-hmm, which we'll see. And, yeah, like season which two we'll see I later think. on. And so you see other, as you see other uses of this bending, you'll also see other aspects of, of right. the bending as well. Right. Oh, right. Because the thing of the animals being able to do it. So clearly, mm-hmm. it's some inherent like energetic, whatever. Like they're keyed into For, some force, if you will. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> um. Right, because I, I, I've heard that said that this that this series is the new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. it's as um, fresh from nowhere a fully formed universe appears. Yeah, and it's just as investable um, as uh, Star Wars was. And you can as tell Star that Wars these guys Wars. have been thinking about this for a while too. Like this is yeah something that I'd... they've been thinking. I'd read that, like, that, like, uh, one of the, the I think, I want to say uh, DiMartino, so the, the series creators are DiMartino and Konietzko, and I want to say that DiMartino was the one who, like, had drawn this, like, little old man character, and he just for kicks was like, well, what if it's, like, a, a young boy? What's this little old man as a, as a child? And then, like, randomly, um, Konietzko had been watching some um, documentary about, like, uh, voyagers trying to travel through Antarctica. And so he was like, what if he's stuck in the 
stuck in the ice in the snow. And then, like, they added, like, something about herding buffaloes in the sky just because, like, whatever, you're an artist, you draw random shit. Yeah, it's like, how did and, they get stuck there? I don't know, herding buffaloes in the sky. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, like, kind of playful and dreamlike to get to that point. So you have an air guy stuck in an ice land, and then they were, they just in conversation, I guess, were like, and maybe fire people are after them. And so that's, like, the core. And then clearly they build and they build and they build and they write and they write and they write. And then they come up with what's episode one. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And it's kind of different, like, to contrast it with something like, uh, something a little older, Tailspin. Yes. Um, where the... I love f- it when you bring up Tailspin, Dale. <laughs> the first few episodes of Tailspin are amazing. Right. And you can tell the four that this, part pilot. This, mm-hmm. this writer has been thinking about this, whether it's uh, whether it was intended to be Baloo and uh, and Kid or not. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's this story. Right. Baloo, Louie, and Shere Khan. Those characters were imported from the Jungle Book yeah, movie, but, but this, he probably had this idea before. Yeah, that. this world was in this guy's Aside head for that. for you know for a, a little while, boiling mm-hmm. away where he created this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after he gets it out in the pilot episode, he's done. He, he's he's got nothing left. <laughs> so then it becomes this kids show. Yes, uh, silly wacky bullshit. Silly wacky, very surface. Um, yeah, and whoa, whoa, nothing really kinda. deep at all. And it it gets a bit deeper a little later. It comes on. and goes. Yeah, uh, but then it gets really light and fluffy again. And you can tell that it's not. It's not. I don't know whether it's like cartoon storytelling hasn't matured, mm. or if it's just these guys that haven't matured. But like, <laughs> right. you know, thirty years later, or twenty years. Wait, 20? 30? So 20, 20 years like later, ninety, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah late nineties. Yeah, 20, yeah. twenty years later, you have uh, you know the last Airbender. I guess that's only thirteen years. Weird. Yeah, anyway, go on. it does seem like a long time, but. It was a long time back then when we were kids. So. <laughs> right, right. No, fifteen years because so now this show, Avatar: The Last Airbender, started twelve fucking years ago. How, yeah. how crazy is that? Oof. Makes you feel <laughs> always. Yeah. Every so, day yeah. there's a new thing to make me feel old. <laughs> but yeah, so like, so that can, I don't know whether like storytelling has evolved or these guys are just better storytellers, but mm-hmm. that kind of um, in-depth storytelling is maintained throughout most of the series. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say all series. There's, you know, a couple light episodes, but... Sure. But, like, there's not a lot of clunkers in Last Airbender. Yeah. There's famously one episode that everyone says is terrible. <laughs> but even that one, I-, I was fine with. What episode is that? It's the, um... It's, like, the Great Canyon or something. It's where they have to help... I think it's in season one. They have to help um, this whole tribe of people cross a canyon that's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. famously full of full of awful, scary things. And then I think it was. I, I don't think that it wasn't a tight story. I think it was just not a very evocative essential. one. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the greater greater plot. Yeah. but like I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like it's like we they always talk about on. Um, I don't know if it still exists, but Kumail Nanjiani's podcast, The X-Files Files, where he goes episode by episode of The X-Files, and he always talks about the, there's either the weekly Monster of the Week episodes, or there's the, um, 
like overall arcing narrative this is the mm-hmm. ultimate storyline episodes and and i think avatar probably as we watch it we might discover that that kind of occurs here too yeah i'll have to um, pay more attention as we watch it mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah like the one that people don't like is definitely one that has nothing to do with the main story but whatever i think there's just some com- uncomfortable moments and awkward moments in that one too i think that was intentionally written in but it just wasn't mm-hmm. people's jam but we'll have to watch it again and, and comment on we'll it. talk all about it when we come to it yeah yeah um i'm trying to think of anything else we wanted to to hit on let's see did i did i hit on all my notes um uh, <laughs> i think uh we are left with one burning question what's what's that in the last, Are you about to outro us? No, in the last seconds of of the la- the second episode, mm-hmm. uh, he mentions a hog monkey, and I just want to know what that looks like. <laughs> Wait, what does he do? He mentions a hog monkey. He's like a hug monkey. Hog monkey. Those are the the things like oh, uh, oh and we have to ride hog monkeys. They don't like to be oh, ridden, but that's, that's why part it's of the fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. So that's the hog. Yeah, monkey. Yeah. So there's this thing right where the show makes all animals exotic versions of those animals, mm-hmm. alien versions of them. It's, uh, so it's the, an animal mashup, is what it is. Yeah. Right. And so, like the the bison has the th- the six legs and the giant beaver tail. Mm-hmm. Um. The penguins have four flippers for some weird reason, and then there's like a few others. Like when they're when they're crawling around the abandoned uh, ship, there's like little skittering rodents of yeah, some kind. Like fat tail, like f- almost like a flying squirrel mixed with a regular mm-hmm. squirrel, but they're white. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So this world just kind of oddly has those. Like as it just keeps us, it reassures the viewer that no, this isn't in like medieval. Uh, uh, Earth. This is another yeah, this place. This isn't uh, a long, long time ago. This is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one moment that I wanted to mention that I thought was kind of fun, which is when, um, when earlier we mentioned it that uh, that Soka's just like, well, we're not going to get very far on the uh, canoe, and she's like, well, let's fucking ride Appa and make him fly, mm-hmm. and Soka goes. You love taking me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I thought that was great too. I love that, <laughs> and that is totally Fots Jesse. That's friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, Jesse. It's totally Fots Jesse. <laughs> you just but also, love taking me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a statement of intent for the character. It's like this will always be Soka's mm-hmm. thing that this pisses his, him off. This is his thing. His foil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like ready to be like, guys, I have an idea of what we're gonna do, and then like. The plot is like, no, it's going to be some crazy different thing. And you're going to end up like, uncomfortable. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, right. Whether that's yeah. covered in snot or covered in water, cold water, whatever that's, it is. I definitely was going to mention that. Uh, when Appa sneezes and he's covered in green snot, snot's only green when you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like worried about Appa. Again, I this mean, is the that. guys, he's been, he's been in an ice ball for 100 years. For 100 years. years. Be his immune system there. is barely fucking holding on at this point. <laughs> it's actually pretty miraculous that he's as healthy as he is at the end. <laughs> oh, and and uh, the I have the the subtitles on. Oh, which is entertaining. Yeah, uh, I bet. <laughs> obviously, these subtitles were 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 
not the Google generate auto generated subtitles. Right, not a real human wrote These are hu- real humans writing this. Yes, excellent. And a real human for the first episode wrote uh, for Appa. He wrote, <laughs> he or she wrote, uh, Ang saying, "Yip, yap." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yip, yap." No, he clearly <laughs> says "yip, yip," and then. Well, when... no, because he guesses. He can't remember it, right? So he tries a few different ones. No, 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 no. That's, uh, excuse me, not, he's, he's, right, that's not subtitles for Ahsoka. That's a subtitle for Aang. Excuse me. Oh. I misspoke. It's for the, it's the first episode when Aang's saying yip, yip. Yeah, yeah. It, it's subtitled. The subtitle gets it wrong. Yap. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's clearly not correct. And then, oh, so I looked out for it in the second episode when it's uh-huh. a subject of conversation. And they yes. do correctly write it in the second mm. episode. Maybe the subtitler made the executive decision <laughs> and went, oh, the reason he can't fly is because Aang is saying it wrong, just like Soka later says it wrong. Like, oh, missing that's the true. point that's of how, yeah, of how he's like, the it inserts his own thing in there. It's like, well, <laughs> like, there's got to be some reason, and I clearly don't see it. <laughs> We're going to have to keep an eye on that as we watch these episodes, uh, like this week in the subtitler making his own storyline insertions. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, I think that's all I have for, for these episodes. Um, overall, like, what a fucking delight. Again, like, yeah. viewed on its own, the first episode is kind of sleepy, but together with the second episode, it's a wonderful story of literally like sleepiness because you were fucking asleep in ice for a hundred (laughs) years and you wake up and you engage with the people around you and you learn about the conflict that those people have uh, have been terrified by and you fight back and you announce that you're you're here and you have a plot and then we go out to say you know come back next week and Mm -hmm. we'll learn more about that plot pretty fucking great pretty cool pilot they know how to write pilots yeah they do (laughs) those guys are good pilots (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I think listeners you'll find as you stick with us week after week that we don't know the first fucking thing about piloting Mm -hmm. we're a terrifying fucking airplane remember tailspin (laughs) (laughs) we're in a free fall fucking tailspin week after week and I think you'll come to find that that's something you can like there ain't no click kick Cloud kicker around here. It's <laughs> no clit cloud no cucker clit over cloud, here. Clacka, clacka, clacka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clit cucker. <laughs> Why did you have such? And that airfoil that old clit clucker rode is actually kind of reminiscent of the glider that uh, Ang has. Yeah, it really makes you think. <laughs> mhm. It's true. Oh man, now I gotta go on eBay and find out if there's. You gotta have some Avatar sell those toys. toys. <laughs> um. All right. Well, um, I think uh, this is a great inaugural episode. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at onairbender at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can follow us at onairbender. That's yep, Twitter. Yep, yep. Uh, and for our Facebook page, for now, we're going to use the one from a previous podcast that we're sort of a subsidiary of, which is Low Charisma Party. 
uh, so you can find that on Facebook. And uh, we'll be posting in all those places, and you can get in touch with us in all those places. So we encourage you to. And uh, make sure to spam that hashtag. What did we? Come, what was our hashtag that we came up with? Uh, <laughs> something about tiny Appa, not water bear, or something like that. Oh right. <laughs> I don't know. I think we might have to give that one up. Just uh, <laughs> it made it made so much just, sense at the just time. Just hashtag on airbender. That's, yeah, on airbender. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a new I've tried the last Airbender podcast uh, in the world, folks, and it's seven years after the <laughs> hot topic. <laughs> Hashtag hot T O P I X. That's that's what we do, folks. <laughs> um, I feel like we could, yeah, we could come up with something about like A T L A N T A, like not that avatar, because then it. Spells Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know what we do with there. Yeah, I don't know what we would do with Atlanta. We, we don't want Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> There's already a show with Donald Glover called Atlanta. Anyway, the point is. <laughs> oh, you're good. You want you you found us through Google. You actually want the Donald Glover show. We're the top Google for Atlanta, but you know. <laughs> Remember, folks, Atlanta, Avatar: The Last Airbender, not that Avatar. <laughs> so bad. It is it bad. flow well. It's awful. <laughs> uh, hashtag fuck you, James Cameron. F you, JK. <laughs> or JC. I don't know. Yeah, JC. That would be... Fuck you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, going to no! say. I think it would be misconstrued. <laughs> Good times. Do we have... Good times. Do we have a... Do we have a... An outro or anything? Um... Maybe some sort of... Ang-like say, saying... But we do it shitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, listeners. Uh, uh, I think uh, we're we're off on our adventure, and you'll 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 come back with us next week when we uh, uh, you know tune back in to see what uh, our our heroes are up to next time. And with that, let's climb on Appa and call out Yip Yap. <laughs> Is that yeah, good? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Yip yap. Yip yap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>